millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things live. <laughs> well now listen guys look here's the situation thanks so much for coming everybody in the room we're in a large echoey room off of Bista Heritage just off of the A <laughs> you don't know, don't where know it what is. the road's called. Yeah. 20, minus 20 dad points. You should me. know. There's bloody great AA signs outside telling you. Yes. Did ever, I was going to say, if everyone didn't find it okay, then um, you shouldn't have a driving license because there are some really big signs outside, which was a shock to us, except we did sort of know because yesterday a couple of car journalist friends of ours were on a car launch somewhere in the Midlands and they drove past here, and they'd already put the signs out. And I suddenly got a voicemail from one of them going, what the fucking hell is going on? <laughs> Your stupid podcast has got road signs. Please don't steal them after this event. No, because we want to. Because we want at least two of them. <laughs> All right. Do you know, I'm I serious. Told, I told my wife about it this morning. I said, because I explained, I said, we got the call yesterday and I checked with the little car company people who've hosted us here very kindly. And I, and, and I said, they're definitely road signs. And then there was a pause and I could see her brain working. And then she went, don't come home with one. Oh. <laughs> I was like, but, 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 but. And she was like, where would we put it? Definitely coming home with one. Well, the thing is, road signs are bigger than you think, aren't they? Oh, they're way bigger. Because they have to be, because you're in a fast-moving car when you the see motorway them Motorway signs are massive. Oh, God, they're like the elephants of the, of the road. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so I mentioned the little car company. Before we go any further, we should say a big thank you to them, because they have hosted this event for us um, and brought along their new... The Tamiya Wild, Wild Tamiya, Oh. Which, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to poke around it yet, but it's quite a cool little thing. And it is little, isn't it? It's smaller in real life than it looks. It is smaller. In the pictures. And for the purposes of the listeners who aren't in the room, I mean, there are people in the room listening, but they're also seeing. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we've, we've, we were able to borrow some, some scale vehicles and drive in. Richard, <laughs> Richard's wearing a terrible jacket. Richard came in in a DB5 Junior. I came in with a, a glorious, sweet, sweet little Ferrari. Um, Uncrashed, undamaged. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much to you, Little Car Company. Thank you very much to Bista Heritage. Um, thank you very much to... Uh, I want to actually I want to say thank you to the Wrigley Monkey who are in the corner serving beer and other beverages. And thanks to Lisa, who is serving Smith & Oh, we're doing, we're doing the full Oscar speech at the I have to, show. I have to. <laughs> and just a quick thank you to Vauxhall for supplying a private ambulance for me to bring the merchandise <laughs> along in. It's very kind of you, thank you guys. That is genuinely the most private ambulancey looking 
van that I've ever seen of the I, press fleet because it's in. black and it's heavily blacked out. In it's the back. so blacked out inside. I, I pulled over to get a sandwich and I, f- I think people were stood around expecting a body to come out of the back on one of those special tables. Why were people standing around waiting for a body to come out of the back? I just don't know. Were you driven into a crematorium by mistake? No. To have a sandwich. <laughs> I want this toasted. Have you got anything that could... Um... <laughs> now, um, before we go yes. any further, I just wanted to read out a very quick message from one of our patrons, a chap called Alex Miles. He has something, I think, for regular listeners of the podcast, is quite an earth-shattering, what he calls a fan theory. Fan theory? A fan theory. So, um, Alex says... The Discovery One-owning, canal-boat-dwelling, crocodile-dundee hat and leather waistcoat-wearing man is the father of no-name full-suspension mountain bike guy. Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. And suddenly, is this in every, everything makes sense. In every single case in every town? Yes. Yes, OK. Yeah, because... Checker-plate disco guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, the scales fell from my eyes, and I said, well, of course. This is the tapestry is revealed. Because sorry, I'm just imagining it. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm pausing it. I'm, it's painting so many pictures. Well, they've got the canal boats in common, haven't they? I mean, they might be estranged because the discovery. Someone nicked someone else's weed back in the day, <laughs> and that was not cool. No, but no, I was imagining more that he's that the dad is worried about the amount of marijuana and bags of cans that the the lad is consuming. And why don't you get a proper job instead of mowing municipal cricket pitches? That is a proper job. It what is. do you do? You just spend your time at ale festivals. But then he's, he's on the sick. He's on the sick? He's on the sick, I think. <laughs> the dad's on the sick. He's, something's happened to his leg. He's got a duff leg. <laughs> and so which allows him to spend more time drinking real ale and doing that weird bobtail discovery shit. That, <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? What, it's not trying, what off-roading, it? you mean? No, it's not. It's a specific kind of off-roading. Rock crawling? What? No, that's American. Bog trotting? Green lady. It's a bit green lady, but if you've gone bobtail, it's more than that. Pay and play? Pay and play? That's what he does in the evenings with that lady who works in the pub. Um, Is it really called pay and play? I mean, you could apply that to almost anything. Just didn't know Bouncy that. Bouncy castles are pay and play, if yeah, you think about it. But. Anyway... Well, that, I, I read that and I was quite. I was quite. I suddenly went, that all makes absolute sense. Even though it's a completely mythical world that we've sort of made up. What is this? I'm going to give you a piece of paper. I want you to turn it over and tell the audience what it says. For the purposes of the tape, Johnny has handed me a small pink <laughs> notepad page. Read it. <laughs> <laughs> it says simply inconsiderate tosser. Yeah. With two exclamation marks. Yeah. Is this for me? No. That was left under my windscreen yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. Hang on. This is evidence. I'm leaving fingers. I will. If anyone anyone wants... It is genuine. It's not my writing. Although, the first thing I did when I took it off the windscreen, apart from giggle, I I, I looked at it closely and went, that's just like my dad's writing. So I was going to... I haven't had a chance to ask him. Did you leave a mug without putting it on the dishwasher last time you went home? Well, I mean, I was going to text Dad before this started to just say, Dad, you weren't in Norfolk yesterday, were you? And you did get parked to very closely by a base model Citroen C3 Mm. in that sort of cappuccino colour. So this was going to be my question. What prompted this note? 
Here's the scene. Small, small village car park, pen display. Mm-hmm. Gravel, but someone has sprayed on those little... They're not to tea, you know what they are. Those markings on the floor to denote where you're supposed to park, right? Yeah. There's one space left in the car park. It's busy, it's nearly lunchtime. Yeah. I've hawked around the car park a few times, there is only one space. But someone has parked beyond the white line in a Fiesta. (sighs) And the other person on the other side is right on the line. It's just quite a slim space. I've got no other choice, I've got to go in. So I asked my passenger to get out. Textbook. Yeah, Don't just like Terminator 2 when that chap climbs in the, in, in the, in the helicopter, you know, the, the li- liquid metal guy, and asks the other one, the pilot, to get out. So, and then I go in really tightly, and I have to go beyond the other cars a little bit so I can get a bit more purchase on my door to get out. And I manage to get out, mm. but it's tight. Yeah. But it's not my fault, is it? And I actually took a photo to prove that, which I can send to the local council if they want. Uh, <laughs> and I've got, I've got evidence. Um, but, and there, I knew it was going to be touch and go weather. Wait a second. What? You took a photo. Yeah. You've got a picture of this person's car. Well, well yeah. Don't show it to people because... Well, I'm, this I'll is show evidence. it with you afterwards, audience. I've got it. I've got the registration numbers and everything. So... Shall I track them down? Immediately leads me to ask... What was the car? The, the one that was straddling the line, badly parked, was a red Fiesta. The other one I actually can't remember. But wait it a was second. Inconsiderate tosser note person... Is not going to be in the car that straddled no, the line. No, because they're a considerate tosser Quite. by implication. Otherwise, that would be hypocritical. You're absolutely right. Now, this is what I thought. It's a... Here we go. This is an index card. This is not a, a, a notepad torn off. I'm just showing Richard the picture. That's a Qashqai. It is a Qashqai. It finished in what? Now, how do, you, how do you feel about the way in which it's, the parking has been done? I mean, it's all sloppy. <laughs> but the Qashqai can be a peevish car. Well, look at, look at the angle. Look at the angle of the turn-in. So, I, I had very few options here. But that's an index card, isn't it? It's not, a, it's not torn out of a notebook. No. It's a self-contained... Although... Yeah. It's, no, it's been cut out. Look, it's not even. Sorry. I've gone a bit Poirot on this, but so, I'm intrigued. So somebody's cut it out of a jotter? What are you saying? Pink lined paper. Hmm. OK. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing the jacket, ladies and gents. Come on. <laughs> Shit detective jacket. Ahoy. Um, um, what, I, what I can also say, the same day, some other things happened. OK. <laughs> <laughs> But Were you standing too close to someone in a fish and chip shop and they just tucked this in your top pocket? I, no, I've had, to, I've had to remind myself. Do you remember, on the way back from Goodwood, I might have left you a voicemail about, I saw a Fiat fullback pickup truck. Oh, yes. Anybody else ever seen a Fiat fullback pickup truck? No, you, you're lying. You're lying. <laughs> Unless you've got one, in which case you're not. They're very rare. Well... I saw one on a German number plate towing a caravan on the way back from Goodwood. I th- and I, and enough to message you and go, just seen a fit full I don't back. think you told me it was on a German number plate. Oh, well, it was. Well, I so there. <laughs> so I see a fullback pickup truck. I think this is amazing. 24 hours later, mm-hmm. I see another Fiat fullback pickup truck near the incident which involved the car. <laughs> yes. Inconsiderate tosser cart. 
And, and I actually take a selfie with it to prove that I wasn't like, yeah. I'm the kind of guy you want to hang out with. I took a selfie with it in the car park like that. And then, then, after the inconsiderate tosser thing, yes. I was driving home, I saw another different colour, no. different reg. Bullshit. No, well, this is the thing. That's simply not possible. Well, I mean, we established before we started recording that the man who currently drives Britain's only current-shaped Toyota Supra is in the room. There simply isn't another. Yeah. I would say there are two full... No, hang on. Oh, wait. No, I beg your what? pardon. What? You've seen Britain's two fullbacks. Yes, I have. And then you've seen one of Germany's three fullbacks. Well, it all th- adds up. Do you think they sold one more in Germany than here? Well, it's a bigger country. Statistically probable, yes. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> working the odds here. But yeah, I think that's, that's how it would go down. Um, yeah. I was almost going to stop just to take a picture because I thought we might talk about it, about those, those two very sad Fiat Doblos we saw on the, way, <laughs> on the way to wherever we were staying in Southie in near Goodwood. It was the one horse town where we were yeah. at the Airbnb. But there was just, we were just driving down a main, main-ish road and, and there's just two Fiat Doblos nose. Very, very badly kept Fiat Doblos. Well, they're just a badly kept car. They've just become badly kept looking. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do anything about it. No. You could have it fully detailed by Richard Tipper, and it would still look sad. It's got a sad face. <laughs> Has it got a sad face? Do you know what I'm talking about? Those vans from sort of ten Doblo. more years ago. Doblo. Doblo almost sounds sad. Doblo. Doblo. Oh, Doblo. Oh. It's an Eeyore-ish car, isn't it? Yeah, it is. How are things, Doblo? Well, I've got a bit of rust on my cells. <laughs> yeah. My headlights have gone milky. Yeah. Probably you know, going to be dog, soon. Yeah, that do- a neighbour's dog's pissed on me again. I think it was the Fiat Doblo that we got sent uh, at the um, Top Gear office. We, you know, we used to get sent press packs for new cars. And it would have predated Google Translate, or perhaps Google Translate just wasn't as good as it is now. And the Doblo press pack had very clearly been translated literally from Italian. <laughs> and that didn't quite work. Go ahead. And clearly nobody at Fiat UK had been bothered to reread it. <laughs> and the crowning line was the one where it said, the side doors, which are always sliding. Always sliding? Always. Sounds inconvenient. Someone's going to fall out. That's dangerous. But yeah, they hadn't corrected it. <laughs> I don't even know what they meant. Like, what would that be in Italian that you'd go, that makes sense, perfect sense in Italian, but the side doors, which are always sliding. That's, did I, I told you about that time that my daughter was on a, a half-term, not a half-term, summer camp doing you know, bush skills, bushcraft skills. And it was at a local, like, stately home gardens. This guy had a, f- a Citroen Berlingo van. Mm. Did I tell you about it? People carry, you know, the, I've actually forgotten the name of it. You know well, the multi The door fell off. What? Did I tell this story? Yeah, I have told the story. Okay. <laughs> 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 Cross that one out. Sorry, it's good. It's good that we've got fact checkers on board here. Anyway, so, can I? Can I talk? Anyway, so what I was saying. Um, so the same day that the inconsiderate tosser, oh yes. placard was put. Yes. And I saw three fullbacks. No, yes. two, because the other yes. one was the other day. Yeah. I went on um, Britain's no, no, the world's longest. Um, Ten and a quarter inch gauge railway. You're free to leave at any time. <laughs> by the way, 
probably should have said that at the top. I'm just going to do this for the purposes of the audience. <laughs> 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 yeah, for exactly. Time, Charlie's just done a mic drop. Yeah, and it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I I videoed the guy manoeuvring it up because it was steam. I, I did a video of the guy manoeuvring it up while we were waiting to board, and the guy got out the uh, the train. I mean, it's a very small train, but he, he got out of it. And he was covered in soot mm. and, 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 and coal. And I went over to take a couple of pictures of, of the close-ups, and he went, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it in such You're a way. You're that parked too close to my cash I have to say, I was bloody terrified just for a few seconds because I thought he was going to follow him with, I don't like what you do. <laughs> but but he, he, it was amazing. He just He paused, and then he went... Go on, sit on the footplate. Like that. You know, like when you go, when you're a kid and you go to a sports car show and someone lets you sit on the threshold of a supercar with this yeah. scissor door open. Yeah. And you're like that. And I went, can I? And he went, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but then he paused again and he went, you've got to wear the hat. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at that point I, knew I was in too deep. I'm not going to turn around and go, piss off, man. I just want a picture of the train. I don't want the hat on. Yeah, it's got your head grease on it, you not weirdo. Not some kind of wrong un, but sure enough, I did. I went, all right. If that's the price of entry, right. I'll wear the hat. And you've got to wear these trousers. <laughs> yeah, and, and my the shoes. dungarees. Yeah. And my jacket. Yeah, now walk up and down a bit. <laughs> a bit more. Yeah. All right, you can sit in the train. So I put that, I have got, you know, for the, for the purposes of patrons, I have got a photo of myself in the train with a hat on. It's a very small train, I'm hunched <laughs> over like this. And uh, I, get the I get the photo, and we chat for a while about Steam and old school loco uh, performance. Yep. And um, to the point where he's been waxing lyrical for so long about this narrow gauge railway that he's supposed to have manoeuvred the loco round to the other end and hooked it up and we were supposed to be going. Everyone else is starting to get a bit pissed off. What, there's people on the train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that where the note really came from? What, from him or someone? No, from one of the passengers. You inconsiderate tosser. Here, have that. Yeah, I should have done. I write a load of them before the day starts and I just give them out to people during the day because I'm peevish because I've got a cash kite. Well, actually, this was going to be a question for the, for the audience. Has anybody ever either written or had written... Uh, a note like this. Have you ever been given such a note? I've seen a few hands. Oh, up. hello. Yeah, we've got what, six or seven. Do, you, do I need to go out with the mic for this? Yeah, yeah. Any? Uh, is that do. all right? Any? Oh, any hello. <laughs> it's Lewis. We know you, Lewis. Sorry, can I just reach through there? This den did happen. I'm not just doing it for the chance with the microphone. I promise. Are you going to beatbox had... now? No, I oh, had. Oh, um, don't undertake you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh! How did they get that on your car? They followed me into a services. Oh, oh! Don't and waited for me to leave so that they could write the note on the back of an envelope and put it on the uh, windscreen, so that when I came back from getting my coffee, I had uh, an envelope on my window. Did you said, turn the note over and write your own response? Yeah. I didn't know which card. To of put course it you didn't on. know. No, you didn't know. I didn't have the luxury of them of taking a photo of the person that was angry at me. <laughs> You've always got to take pictures of evidence. Always. <laughs> That's well. incredible. That was a bit more strident than I Yeah, well, I was going to say. <laughs> Funny enough, I was, I was about to say. Them for uh, <laughs> daring to scratch someone's paint. Oh, hello, go on then. Um, X6 in a motorbike bay. So yes. two mates and I blocked him in. 
with... He wasn't two motorbikes. Okay. He wasn't happy. Did you heavily lock the motorbikes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good. And we got called. <laughs> <laughs> Were there notes or just... No, he was jumping up and down upset. Did well, you use that word that Lewis just yeah, said? Yes, I was just about okay. to say. I thought he might have done <laughs> I, Weirdly, before you started talking, I thought, let's go easy on the Fs and the Cs. Yeah. Shall we? <laughs> I was a bit that's late just, with that, wasn't I? Let's not crown, clown in a rascal. Yeah, let's just... just yeah. Anyone else had a note left or left a note? Gosh, there's a lot of hands going. Yeah, but it's worth it, Richard. And by the way, don't get too close to the jacket, everybody. I swear it's got asbestosis (laughs) in it. Uh, Yeah, had a note left. So I got a Z3 recently, and the alarm likes to go off randomly. Okay, that's all the story. That's all we need to know. (laughs) (laughs) And someone left me a note to say kindly that it was fucking disturbing their sleep. (laughs) And if it continued, my car would be towed by the police. Wow. Unless they were a police officer, I'm not sure they have the law on their side. I know, I was surprised as well. (laughs) Good. Towed by the police. Very sweary, the notes of Britain, aren't they? Well, anyone else got a a note to add to this? Anyone else? Oh, there's a couple over here. Left, right and centre. If only we had two Richards. Uh Uh-oh. I mean, I've got a mic. We've got picture evidence here. I'm just Uh, not moving. It's not my proudest moment. This was actually today. I I did this note. I I wrote the note. Um, That was the parking... (laughs) It's a Mazda 3. It's parked entirely on the pavement. Yep, and that was my note. Well done for parking like a that word that Lewis said earlier on. <laughs> Not my proudest moment. But I, I like the, um, the congratulatory nature of that. It's good. Well done. Well done. Deep sarcasm. Uh, should we do one more, Johnny? One yep. more. Um, uh, who? There's, the, there's a couple over here. There's a couple over here. Oh, do you know what? I want to know if anyone has had a note left that didn't involve quite a harsh swear word. Ooh, oh, now there's more hands going <laughs> Go on, you, sir. Uh, yeah, I was at a um, car show and uh, like a little kid was going around one of those like, uh, cameras and left like, a little note saying, love your car, a little mm. photo of my car. Yes. It was just like putting like, the, like, uh, the, uh, under the wing, windshield wiper. It was just like a little photo of my car with like, a little note on the back. And that's what he was doing? Yeah. Oh, you see, that's nice. That's lovely. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> I mean, he's wasting his time. You own the car. You know what it looks like. But it's sweet all the same. Anybody else had a polite it, note? Are you left? sure it didn't say, I love your car, comma, you? <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet guy. I once had a bottle of wine left on my car. Because what? we entered a competition that we didn't know we entered. And my car won. <laughs> best parking? Worst parking? I'll go with best parking. No, it was definitely not best parking. Most audacious was, uh, undertaking manoeuvre. I don't know what it was. It was... Yeah. They left you a bottle of wine. Yeah, they were, well, we, well, we were walking down a hill. It was at Chesley, uh, and this guy was trying the handles of my car. And I was like, "What's what? this guy doing?" And he just put a bottle of wine on my my cut. My car doesn't lock. Put a bottle of wine on the seat and, <laughs> and walked off. You've just told everybody your car doesn't lock. <laughs> yeah. oh, and the registration this concerns is me. okay. No, um, right. Well, uh, that's I. I didn't expect. Well, look, we've got hold the others because we'll come back to them. We'll come back to because this. there's there's a, there's a rich mine of well F, F's and C's by the sounds of it, uh, but but maybe some other stuff as well. I want to talk about. I've written this down. Cars with stickers of other cars on the back. Because I saw this. <laughs> I saw I think this. He, he's gone specific early. But I, that's okay. We're going to run. I've got to get out of my system. On the way back from Goodwood, same as the fullback German mm. couple camping, mm. Mm. I saw a Jaguar X type estate. Fine. Nothing wrong with that at all. With a sticker on the back, quite a large, detailed oval sticker, which had a 
Messerschmitt bubble car written on it with a scene of a Messerschmitt bubble car driving through a hillside. What? How big was this sticker? Quite large. I mean, I could read it on the motorway. Um, <laughs> ten inches square? I don't know. So it begs the question, who, who are the people that buy a sticker of a do- another car and put it on the back of the other car? People who own both of those cars? Yeah. May, may, maybe. Well, well, remember a mystery wrapped up in but record you remember, time. you remember those, those stickers in the 80s, my other cars are Porsche. Oh, yeah. My other cars are Rolls-Royce, blah, blah, blah. My other cars are Messerschmitt bubble car. It could be. So I'm thinking, how far would you take this juxtaposition? How far would you take it? Like, I'm thinking, Gordon Murray. <laughs> but he's got loads of cars. But on the back of his T50, yeah. he could have a sticker saying, I love my smart coupe roadster. Oh, yeah. And I think that would be quite charming, wouldn't it? But no, because the sticker would add weight. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hang on, what about those very thin foils? You know the ones like football album stickers, Panini? Panini stickers. Panini stickers. Remember the, the shield of the football club was always a very thin foil? Yes. Would it be a thin foil? Yes. Okay. Does anybody actually have a sticker of depicting another car on the back of their car? Not one person. <laughs> well, well, that's shit. There's a specific um, record. I, We've become too niche in our line I of questioning. No. I was going to read out a, uh, a listener's message just because it tickled me. Not literally. Um, this is from Ian Muller. I've checked... He's happy, as far as I can tell, for his name to be read out. Oh, you read that. Ian, if you're not, it's too late. (laughs) Ian says, Dear Smith and Sniff, before I start, there's a key definition that needs to be stated here, and it is the word bass. Bass is a compound word of balls and arse, the space between the genitals and the anus. (laughs) You can see where the tone of this tale is going. That's not what that's called. Well, I thought it was the blast. It's the gooch or the dirty inch. (laughs) (laughs) And you all know it, which is why you're laughing. Proceed. Ian says, uh, the backstory is the sale of a family, generally sweet, sweet car, a 10-plate VW T5 Caravelle bi-turbo 7-speed DSG. (sighs) (laughs) Fucking hell, Volkswagen. Uh, Some would say the spoke king of all vans. One annoyance about this T5 is the brake assistant was ridiculously over-egged. You only had to think about brake application. It would instantly endo. Lovely BMX (laughs) reference. That is a great BMX reference. Anyway, so Ian was selling this car. He said, I was uh, contacted by a keen local buyer and we set up the meet. He was a polite man in his early 60s, dressed for the summer in somewhat street combat shorts. Street? Did you say dressed for the summer? Dressed for the summer. It doesn't say whether it was the summer, but he was dressed for the summer. Um, There's always a permanent summer guy. Yes. In every town. We've, we've talked about it before. Yeah. Shorts all year round spec. Yeah. Crocs, possibly. Even Often, when it's bloody cold. Bitterly cold. You could snap yeah. the toes and he's still just crocking around. They're broken thermostat people, I think. Because <laughs> they can't quite... They're actually just guessing. Yeah. They're just assimilating around what's going on around them, but they can't quite get it right. Yeah. Got my shorts on, got my flip-flops on. Yeah. Oh, fuck. There's someone in a fleece outside. I better put one of those on just in case. Yeah. Anyway... Um, Ian said he, he's, uh, he was selling this car. He was contacted by a keen local buyer, set up the meet. A polite man in his early 60s, wearing shorts. 
Uh, we were about to embark on the test drive when I realised it might rain, so I grabbed my umbrella along with my water bottle and jumped into the passenger seat. Are you good with autos? I asked. No reply from the gent, which I took as a yes. More fool me. Before I'd had a chance to buckle up, he'd fired up the T5, put it in drive, shot off down the road. The revs rose in first to the change-up point. The gent grabbed the shifter in an attempt for second, thrust his left foot for the non-existent clutch and hit the wider-than-normal brake pedal. As you can imagine, the clutch level of force had a somewhat catastrophic effect on our level of forward motion. In fact, I'm convinced the back wheels came off the ground. I had not had time to fasten my seat. Oh, gosh. And the fate that befell me was unfortunate and, in retrospect, hilarious. As I slid forward in the seat, the squirty water bottle sandwiched between my legs impacted with the end of the umbrella now lodged in the footwell, and I was pivoted into an upright near-standing position with the bottle making direct contact with my bars. <laughs> bars! It's contained a high degree of force instigated by the umbrella. Fortunately, it was a hot day, and I was no doubt suffering Johnny-style scrotal elongation, which miraculously <laughs> migrated my plums away from the danger zone. However, I was now left standing effectively on three legs, exhaling in pain with what seemed like forever, while my squirty water bottle pissed all over the dash of my T5. Ian says, I must have looked like an extreme BDSM live art piece. I slumped back into the seat like a dead man and began the extreme inhale, which is inevitable after a high-impact bass incident. <laughs> The sound that came out of me was like a donkey accidentally backing up onto the most brutal of machines at a steam rally. <laughs> Painting pictures with words. The gent apologised and asked if I was OK, to which I could only make the sound of a donkey in distress. And then he admitted he'd never driven an auto before. <laughs> the number of people who have never driven autos is quite surprising, I think. We set off again, still endoing and pogoing, until it got to the point where I had to hold his naked left calf while repeatedly <laughs> saying, you don't need this, you don't need this. <laughs> During this, I had my phone in my back pocket, and after a couple of miles of this, my arse, brackets not my bass, which was in a state of ruin, managed to call up my Amazon Music app and play a random music track. It was Careless Whisper. <laughs> What? what a day, Ian says. P.S. He bought the car for the asking price and hilariously pogo endoed off the end of the road with a big thumbs up out of the window. <laughs> I can't bet to that. Thank you, Let's Ian. Let's just end that, that here. Um, Goodness me. Really painting pictures with words. But yes, you're Bars. right. Bars. 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 And also, you're right, a lot of people have never driven an auto. Anyone never driven an auto? Oh, there's more there than one. Actually, pe people. One, two, three. That's at least five people. Are you um? Are you tempted? <laughs> give Just it, see what all the fuss is give about. Give it a cheeky go. No. No. Uh, yeah. So I've never driven an auto. My between me and my dad, we've got eight cars. All of them are manual. Uh, I really wanted a Renault 25 auto, and I called the seller. I'm not going to check on my phone now, but it would have been about 15 different times, and he's never picked up. So to my dismay, I still haven't driven one. Uh, but as you can tell, I like old French crap anyway. So the auto would probably explode. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you, you've tried to buy the car, but you've, but they, they, they won't let you. 
Maybe they really like it. Has anybody else tried to buy a car before and the person's not really put much effort into oh, selling gosh. it? A, right. I'm just sending you out. Give constantly. me 20 minutes. I'm going up the back here. Supposed to oh. do the Q&A, like, the next hour, but it doesn't matter. It's like fucking Challenge Annika out here. <laughs> here we go. Hello, sir. So for years I've been stalking this... It's a Series 3 white E-Type. My old man owned it in the 70s. Oh. Some random bought it off and restored it. Desperate to buy it back. They don't ever get in contact. I've seen it at car shows, left the note on the window. Do they fucking bother getting in touch? No. <laughs> it's other people found it. Other people sent them messages. They just refuse to get in contact. I'm like, I will buy this car. It's been in the family. I've still got all the old service books. For it. Got You've got all the old service books. Yeah, I've got books. the invoice when he bought it off Jimmy Tarbuck. What? <laughs> Right, everyone else can leave. We're going to chat to this guy for the rest of the night. And they, still, they just won't get in touch. That's OK. I will remortgage my house to buy it. But <laughs> wow, you're really raising the stakes here, aren't you? Why don't you put that on the note? I will remortgage the house to buy this car. Has anybody else, There's some while, beef there. while I'm back here, uh, tried unsuccessfully to buy a car? No. Good. I can go back over there. I've got... Just, just in case there, there aren't any more people, I've got, I've got a really important point to make. And I noticed this as I was driving back from Norfolk. It's not all going to be Norfolk-based, this chat, I promise. <laughs> uh, just a few observations here and there. Some people have decorative wagon wheels propped up outside their houses in their front lawn, but also old farm implements that have yes. been heavily gloss-painted. Oh, yes. Have you noticed this? At what point is that okay and not scrap? But yeah, if you had, I don't know, let's say an old Fiesta in your front garden, that's classic. Well, yeah, scrap. but it wouldn't be if you heavily painted your Fiesta and put some geraniums on top of it. Is that then okay? You've got a planter. If you fill the Fiesta with soil, <laughs> is that okay? You have boats full of soil. Yeah. That's, that's, that's okay, isn't it? Usually in a landlocked town, I yes. find. Well, that's why they don't need the boat for boat shit. No, it's true. Because the residual values are rubbish. Ever since we moved to Leamington, we don't really need the boat, so we might as well fill it with soil. Just fill it with soil. Yeah. Well, so, we don't live in Brighton anymore. We'd be needing this for something else other but you than But you must know someone who has a decorative wagon wheel or something like that in their front garden. I do not. I am not the only person that's observed this. I know someone who once hit a wagon wheel with a golf club, but that was the biscuit, not the item <laughs> off an actual wagon. <laughs> My friend Simon, when I was at school, his grandma used to come over and just give them loads of biscuits they didn't really like. What? Why? I don't know. <laughs> Did she not like them? I don't know. She used to come over with massive boxes of biscuits. And, and she, gave, she used to give them wagon wheels, and no one in the family liked wagon wheels, so it's just a massive stash of wagon wheels hidden in a cupboard so as not to offend her. So one day, we got Simon's dad's golf clubs when his parents were out, and we just took some wagon wheels into the garden and absolutely walloped them over the back fence. Really? Yeah, they break up quite satisfyingly, despite the marshmallowy bit. <laughs> just sharing that. thought it was useful information. No, I like that. Um, I was going to go back to uh, some other things I wanted to talk about. You haven't got another about. listener's letter. I do, actually, since you ask. Um, Not to do with barses. Do you want a lavatorial one or a one about airport clothes? Don't ask me. Ask, ask the audience. Um, uh, lavatorial? <laughs> or... Oh, go on, then. I must say, I love the word lavatorial. It's a wonderful... It's like advertorial. 
And <laughs> but not as information well, laden. So, yeah. Yes. Publishing joke there for you. Um, this is from uh, Joss Duggan. And it relates back to, were we talking about this last week when you saw that man hands-free weeing at Goodwood? Oh, yeah. I'm still in a little bit of shock about that. Well, feast your ears on this. Uh, Joss says, uh, your brief mention of hands-free peeing, hands-free peeing, sorry, takes me back to the days of my apprenticeship, ten years ago when I was a clueless, spotty teenager. The company I'd started working for had a number of factories along the same stretch of road in a standalone training building within which we apprentices would spend our first year. It housed a small workshop downstairs and offices of some proper employees upstairs. One of those employees was a stylish older chap with a devilish silver goatee who could be spotted striding throughout the offices, barking orders at others and generally giving us youngsters the impression he was somewhat important. He became known as Important Man. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> with capital letters. Important man. The building only had one set of gents' toilets shared by us teens and the adults from the office upstairs. It wasn't particularly large, with three urinals in a row beside the door and two cubicles at the end. Details. Good details. These are important details. Oh, right. Out. Okay. About two weeks into my tenure, I popped into the gents to blow my nose. Schnoz wiped, I stepped out of the cubicle and washed my hands. Just as the gents' toilet door was near on kicked off its hinges, the silver fox had arrived. Important man marched to the middle urinal. Immediately, that's bad etiquette. That's it's, urinal hogging. It really is. Isn't it? Trough hogging. It's like sort of, kind of weird kind of battleships where you've gone... No, you can't use either without it being a bit more awkward than it could be. But anyway. Pissy battleships. <laughs> so... <laughs> two more from them later. Important man marched to the middle urinal, stood about a foot away, flopped open his trousers and stood bolt upright looking up at the ceiling with his hands on his hips, feet spread wide apart and knees locked. Johnny will now replicate this stance. That's good. That's exactly the way Joss is describing it. Deep exhale as well. I'm presuming deep, deep exhale. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to imagine that was the yeah. case. Yeah. Joss says, I'd never seen such a stance at a urinal before. He was managing to take up all three at once while simultaneously blocking the door and thus my escape. What? An act of sheer domination. <laughs> I was now trapped and had little choice but to stand and wait with nothing but the trickling sound of pee hitting the bowl to break the silence. I shuffled back to the sink to wash my hands again, figuring it might highlight my presence to important man in case he hadn't noticed he wasn't alone. He couldn't give less of a shit, instead <laughs> shifting his weight onto his left leg and placing his hand on the door in an outstretched lean. This guy's a psycho. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is my favourite part of this message. OK. Joss, I, I, this bit made me laugh so much. Still streaming wirelessly, he thrust his right hand. <laughs> streaming wirelessly. It's too good. How long is this was, by the way? Well, it's longer than this message, I think. Yeah. Uh, he thrust his right hand into his back pocket, pulled out his phone, flicked through his contacts, and held it to his ear before exclaiming, Greg, I hope I haven't caught you at a bad time. <laughs> his understanding of which must surely have been flawed, given that he was standing with his knob out in front of a 16-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> now, not only was I trapped... I was stuck with dripping wet hands next to the dryer, which I couldn't use because important man was making an important call four feet away. 
and I was reluctant to introduce more jeopardy into the situation. After what seemed like an eternity, the important man turned on a sixpence, trousers flailing, but thankfully Todger tucked away, <laughs> and charged out of the bogs just as quickly as he arrived. Phone wedged between head and shoulders as he flung the door open and stuffed his shirt into his trousers. Important man doesn't have time to wash his hands. Nor, I guess, the necessity, since he is clearly well-practiced in the art of radio-controlled relief. Oh, my gosh. What an amazing story. Could this be the same man you saw at Goodwood? I wonder what important man drives. What do I, we think? Ooh. Well, this was from a few years ago. Do you think it's something analogue or something very easy to drive whilst doing other things that are more important? Honda Accord Coupe, and he's always got the volume on the stereo up too loud. Yes. Listening to classic rock. Yes. Loves the straights. Yes. Too loud. <laughs> you know those people who pulls into a car park and you can hear the music, not the car? Oh, yeah, never knocks the sound out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't. And then gets back in. It's an old-school car, so the volume stays where you left it. Yep. And he's not fussed. No shit. We had a message. I forgot to write it down. We had a message from someone else who said that they frequently do hands-free, or as we'll now call it, streaming wireless. Wireless streaming. <laughs> They regularly do it, but they have to stand at 2 o'clock rather than 12 o'clock because, and I'm quoting now, their tracking is out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who that was. If that was someone who's listening, I apologise I didn't write your, your name down. But, yeah, I, I quite like that as well. Um, Just had no idea this podcast would ever become a thing and also that we would ever discuss this sort of thing. I do feel sometimes that we head or straight into in the front of an audience. and never leave again. But anyway... That's by the by. I've got something else I wanted to talk oh, to you about. Oh, far away. Well, I've got a few things, actually. Yeah. I'm just looking at what I've written down. Saturday kit car. Saturday kit car? Yeah, it's like Saturday kitchen, but you have to assemble a Dutton Phaeton. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what's-his-face is rabbiting on? Oh, no, not that guy. Tim Love, Love Honey. Well, oh, there's, <laughs> there's lots of no-no-no's from the front row. I'd rather dram all the end of my dingling than... <laughs> No offence, Tim. Um, I was, I was, what I was going to also talk to you about was I've been playing in I had my to work with him. Once. Do you know the game I Have Never? Sort of party game. Yes. And you sit around and someone yeah. goes, I have never. Like, I don't know. I've never weed with no hands. Yeah. No, no. Really, I don't think I have either. No. I've never pushed a hamster up my bum. And if you're... <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that because it's actionable. Um, <laughs> if you're a Hollywood actor of, of legend, you have to stand up because you have. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yes, That's I understand. That's how the game works. Yes. But I was playing it with cars. Well, not cars as such, but I suddenly realised there's lots of I have nevers. I'm not going to make you stand up, by the way, don't worry. But, uh, or am I? I don't know. But uh, I, just well, I think the jacket's gone to his head. It feels like the jacket's <laughs> But not my arms, because there's no sleeves. <laughs> um, no, I just realised I've never been to the Nürburgring. Haven't you? No. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Have you? Yeah, I've driven there. Who's been to the Nürburgring? Most of the people in the most, room. No, actually, no, not most of the people okay, in the room. Okay, maybe half of the people in the room. <laughs> I've never driven a Caterham. Haven't you? Stop saying haven't <laughs> you. You're making me feel stupid. Bloody I hell. I couldn't. I tried to once. Couldn't fit. Can you? Who's driven a Caterham? Oh, actually more Half than of the people in the room. Who's driven a Caterham at the Nürburgring? Yes. No. Oh. Brave. Yes, there's Brave. a man at the back who has. Two, Two weeks, weeks ago. ago, you win. Did you drive it no-handed whilst <laughs> urinating? <laughs> oh, yes. It's the certain corner that we don't talk about that no one remembers the name of. You didn't do your belts up properly. Oh, awful. Ooh. Awful. Yeah. Um, but you, you must have... I've driven the ring once. Okay. Oh, no, twice. Okay. Who laughed? Yeah, Come well, on. Yeah, who did laugh, actually? Bloody... It's supposed to be a fucking safe space for talking about the ring. (laughs) I drove... I drove the ring once, I don't mind telling you. You drove the ring once? And, uh, Only once, he didn't like it. It was all... I'll be honest, I didn't like it. Way too many corners to try and remember. Oh, God. And I can't remember Silverstone. Let alone pissing nerves. We were talking about this when we were doing that bloody driving game at Goodwood yeah. last week. I'm terrible at remembering. This is probably, this is not an I had never, but it's a bit of a confession. I fucking hate track driving because I can never remember where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. And then when I do remember where I'm supposed to go, I kind of go, well, I've been here before. Yeah, this, this is true. I wish there were neon signs. That um, would help. That flashed up a long way away to remind me of where braking and turning needs to take place. Well, they do have marker boards. Yeah, but they're too small for me. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like them to be. I'd like them to be a little larger, a little okay. more obvious. So, it's like anything... driving around Peterborough, really. All, the roads all look the same, and they're all really quite boring. You'd like so, the Peterborough ring. I'd like the Peterborough ring roads to be um, <laughs> colour coded. Yeah, I've driven the ring. Peterborough Ring Road, you mean? It's a very boring pair of roads. uh, But is there anything that you... I would assume that you have done that's car-related that actually you haven't that would make me go, really? That I've done? Yeah. (sighs) You've been around a bit, Rich. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But as we've established, you know, I'm just thinking about stuff that you kind of go, oh, all car people have done that, particularly people who work in our world. I don't know if I have. Have you ever... I can't think of anything. No, I mean... You've done it all. I've done a reasonable amount. I mean, I very nearly crashed at the ring. (laughs) Very, very nearly. I've done it. Damn you. Everyone that's been to the ring's nearly crashed, haven't they? All the people that put their hands up and said they've been to the ring, who's nearly crashed there? It's the same. It's the same amount (laughs) of people. same number of people. Same amount of people. The Venn diagram is just a circle. Yeah. Yes, who's been to the Nürburgring? Who's almost shit their pants in Germany? (laughs) Oh, there was that time in Germany involving a teaspoon. Oh, no, 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 Okay. I have never, does not extend to you. okay. Because you would, you probably would say really to that. Actually, wouldn't you be silent for a while? Yeah. Do you remember that time you told me that story about how you enacted revenge on a former landlord? 
Yeah, that and then was, I, I just ever... sat really quietly for about five minutes. Yeah, that wasn't on a podcast, was it? No, I no. don't think you can tell that story. No, on a I couldn't tell that story. It's it's there. It was or, in a hotel bar in Manchester, wasn't it? It I was in I a just, hotel I just bar. It's a space for about five minutes. Yes, I was. Yeah, I was going through a low point. Uh, don't <laughs> always give my deposit back if I rent a house from you. If that's okay. <laughs> anyway, I uh, I've written down here. I've written down here Rickman Ranger. And I can't... There's no reference to it at all. We saw a Rickman Ranger. Well, where? Because I... I no, yeah, Goodwood. Except I didn't see it because I was driving. Is that you, what it was? You shouted, there's a Rickman Ranger. <laughs> and I almost crashed trying to look at it, but it was too late. And it made me... But we started to talk about it. Do like, people know what a Rickman Ranger is? Yes. So Imagine the, like a dog shit Suzuki <laughs> Jimny. It's sort of that. But... One of those kind of kit cars where you get in, it smells a bit weird, and there's lots of wires hanging under the dash. Cortina-based, yes, I believe so. We were trying to work this out, weren't yes, we? Yes, that well-known 4x4 that goes everywhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, that's the good starting point of all excellent kit cars. Going to build this all-terrain vehicle. Going to build this all-terrain vehicle on yeah. a 70s rear-wheel yeah. drive family it's car. very much going to be a rival to the Ferrari Daytona. What's it based on? Cortina, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. It's going to be an off-roader. What's it based on? Cortina. Yeah. There's Perfect. nothing the Cortina can't do, except... Go off-road really go well. Go off-road. Yeah. Actually, they can. But the Rickman Ranger looks Rick- a bit like a Jimny. Sort of old Jimny, doesn't it? Or an SJ. Looks like an SJ. And I think it's glass fibre. Oh, it's certainly glass fibre. <laughs> what would you think it was, like carbon fibre? <laughs> Here at Rickman, we only use the finest organic carbon fibre. Sorry, no, not carbon fibre, I meant canoe material. But when we were talking about the, the lesser known, because we were, we were convinced the Rickman Ranger, if it turned up at Goodwood Festival of Speed, it would be the rarest car there. Yes. For all the worst reasons, probably. Well, because it would have the most wires hanging down below. The <laughs> Under the start. dash. The most yeah. crazed paint finish. But you, you instantly went into the type of person that probably owns that Rickman Ranger that I saw parked up. And it was really funny, but I can't remember exactly what you said. Well, anyway, if you were there at the time, you'd have loved it. Because I can't remember what I said either. Can't you? No. <laughs> we were very tired. You were exceptionally tired. I just remember thinking about the wires hanging down from the dash and how it's sort of... <laughs> and you get in and snag them every time. Yeah. Oh, no, there's another one. Oh, sort of the back indicators. It's got a very collapsed driver's seat out of a Fiesta. Yes. And it's, it's always damp. It feels damp to the touch. And it's, always, it's owned by somebody who has made the conscious decision that that would be a good solution, a motoring solution to what they need it to do, which yeah. is unlikely. I'm going to say it's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a solution to getting out of things you don't want to do. I'd love to be there, but I'm afraid, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in, in re- the Ranger and the sparks coming out from underneath the dash <laughs> again. Lisa's bringing us a pair of pints. Oh. Paul at the back. Thank Paul you, back. Paul. Thanks, Paul at the back. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Once again, for the tape, we've been bought more beer, which is lovely. I've just realised, did Ford sue Rickman over the Ranger name? No, but they did sue Dutton over the Sierra name. It was the most... Ford behaved like that word that we heard earlier on from Lewis. Yes. Because Dutton were already using the Sierra name. And Ford went, we'd like to use it for our new car. And Dutton went, you can't, it's ours. And they went, well, we're just going to take legal action against you. What? They bullied them. And, and I think they, they, they... I can't remember if they... Did they win? I mean, obviously, they did call the car the Sierra, but I think Dutton got to carry on using it as well. 
because I don't think anyone was going to confuse a futuristically aerodynamic family car with some small sports car that smelled like a canoe <laughs> and had lots of wires hanging down below the dash. <laughs> smelt like dog. Permanently. I can't remember what the Dutton Sierra is supposed to do. That was a bit of a 4x4, four four, I think, wasn't it? Does anyone remember? Dutton Sierra, was that the one that was a bit of a 4x4-y four four sort of looking thing? What, was it sorry? really Cortina based? Of course it was. Everything was Cortina based. Hang on a minute. Is there a, is there a, is there a kit car of the 70s or 80s that wasn't based, wasn't based on a Cortina? No. 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 The end. That's it. Yeah. Okay. You know those Lamborghini Countach replicas? Yes. Cortina based. Cortina. Yeah. They're front wheel drive. No, no, they were. <laughs> front wheel front -wheel drive. Because yeah, they turned a Cortina around. <laughs> Make it mid-engined, but that means it's front wheel drive. <laughs> and one speed. But with a four speed reverse. You're right there. <laughs> God, I wish I could think of something funny to say now, just to... <laughs> well, you were saying your sinuses were blocked, and now you're sluicing them out with wine. Oh, my word. Using some French sinus. I was just thinking of someone turning up at, like, Mr. Heritage in a fairly unconvincing contest that's front-wheel drive and four... <laughs> But also, given the shortness of the front overhang, almost the first thing you see is the diff. <laughs> the diff arrives and then a sort of hand-drawn Kenta after it. We wouldn't be nasty if Bisteric would, would welcome them in, but they'd notice it was front-wheel drive, and to prove it, they'd, welcome, they'd, they'd wave them onto the really wet grass car park. <laughs> when there's, there's loads of hard standing available. No, no, go over there and park it over there somewhere. You'd, is that how they, they smoke out? It'd be scrabbling. Cortina-based contest. But leaving, leaving the cars and coffee event would be interesting, wouldn't it? I just realised, though, of course, that uh, the gear lever sits on top of the gearbox in a Cortina, so actually driving along, you have to reach behind you to change gear. But wait, it's a one-speed, so you don't have to change gear. Stop it. Unless you want to reverse at speed. Well, then, you leave cars and coffee in, 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 in reverse. reverse. And, and just to confuse the shit out of everyone, you shift into reverse one to reverse two <laughs> to reverse three. And that shows massive commitment. Yeah. Massive. All the, all the Mustang guys are going, fucking hell. Can't compete with that. Can't compete with that. He's out of sight and he hasn't crashed. <laughs> and, he's, and we're all like, I don't think we'll leave today. We'll I, get a B&B. &B. We'll stay over. You're going backwards. As we know, anyone who's ever reversed at high speed. Yes. The risk of getting a tank slapper on. That's something I've done. I'm sure you've done it. When we were filming on lots of massive airfields for Fifth Gear, there'd be a few times, I don't know, just after lunch, should we say, when Tiff's still finishing his ham, egg and chips because he will not eat vegetables. And, uh, and I thought, oh, I'll just take one of the cars out and we'll just have a quick look. And I thought, yeah, what's the VMAX of reverse of some of these cars? And I just, I took out a... Uh, I think it was something like a Nissan Almera, Primera, something like that. And just went full throttle. And, What's sorry. another? Lisa's approaching again with another pair of pints. <laughs> We're not on a stag do. We're trying to do an entertainment <laughs> show. What? Jim's mate. Jim's mate. Jim's mate. Is Jim's mate just Paul? Jim's the... mate. Thank you. Paul's trying to drown us. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think much. that's cider. What is it? I think that one's cider. Oh, what? It... Mine, oh. mine is cider. Oh, you've gone full West Country. I have gone West Country. Thank. It's quite medicinal. Yeah. Thank you. I was uh, just thinking, though, because um, you, were, you were maxing stuff in reverse on air. So, yeah, I was reversing at high speed, but because we were on, like, a six 
car width airfield. In fact, it was more than, it was as wide as this hangar. VMAX in reverse suddenly doesn't feel that scary. If you get a bit of a whip on, you go, oh, I've got loads of width here. I'm sure I could get it back. And it felt just fine. Well, not- Apart from the fact, I did the full length of the, air, of the strip. It was a long strip. Yeah. My back started to hurt after a while. <laughs> Were you dad reversing? I was dad reversing. I had the arm on the, on the thing, and I, I do that, and I, I get occasional neck issues anyway. And uh, I just thought, you know, I'm not, I'm not down with this. So I turned the car at the end of the runway. I thought, I'll come back in reverse again. <laughs> because there's simply no other way of there's getting no back. Way. So once I'd slipped the clutch and, uh, and engaged, I tried to drive a different way. So I... So I actually turned my whole body around. And I used the throttle like this and held on to the wheel and did that. I don't know if you can describe that to the listeners. But Johnny, I did that. I, I don't think I can. Johnny is facing, is, is mimicking the time he once faced yeah. the wrong way in a car. Yeah. What, sorry? Reversed his ring. I did reverse, yes. <laughs> But the I thing is, that. it sounds like you're a prime candidate for a kit car contest that's based on a cartina because you could reverse it like a demon. See, the I'd, thing is, I'd love one. The, sh- the short answer is find me one <laughs> and I will, <laughs> I'll drive it. I won't buy it. Find me one and I'll I drive know. it. I'd just be fearful that you get such a tank slapper on that eventually it just sort of whips around and you roll over. That'd be awful. Shit, the bed. I haven't told you about what happened to me on the way here. I came here in my Range Rover. You saw a Fiat fullback. <laughs> Netherlands plates. Let me guess. Yes, <laughs> Netherlands plates. Maybe there's a fullback convention happening somewhere. Yeah. Fullbacks of the world, come and join us, all seven of you. <laughs> um, no, I, I, was, I left Bath slash Bath in my Range Rover and... Not, not breaking down, all fine? No, it's all fine. Okay. I made yeah. it here, zero issues. Okay. And, um, but I was joining the motorway, the M4, you may have heard of it, and... I realised I haven't been out in my Range Rover and I haven't sort of driven around there and I, I, for ages and I've always I've done it in my Panda. Oh no. So I got to the traffic lights on that roundabout before you joined the motorway. I'm on the inside. There was someone also joined the motorway. I thought, I've got 500 horsepower, sunshine. I'm going to undercut you. Oh no, someone's going to leave, leave a note. Leave a note. Someone's <laughs> going to leave a note under the windscreen <laughs> at the services. I hit the apex, but... You I weren't was in a panda. Positioning as if I was in a panda. Oh gosh. Now here's a funny thing. Range Rover is a bit wider than the panda. But it has off-road ability. Which is fucking good because I went over the curb. Did you? But it's not a proper curb, it's a it's a thing. But I went over it nonetheless. And there was this brief moment where I went, if that was higher, I could have just Would've turned buck- my car over. I could have buckarooed you. Yeah. And then I was like, but you know when you sort of plan ahead to what would have happened if that had been the eventuality, I was like. How would I have got to the live show? What, if you'd rolled your car? Rolled my Range Rover. And I was like, now, you're going to have to wait for someone to go and put it right way up again for ages. So I just have to leave it and get, I don't know, a higher car and just fuck off. No, you'd do what they do on World Rally stages and you'd, you'd rustle up the crowd nearby. That was what I also thought. Wouldn't you? Because I thought, on the one hand, I'd be tremendously fucked off that I've to kind of probably turn my Range Rover into a bit of a parallelogram because obviously it's going to... Yeah. But on the other hand, it would be quite flair to turn up here in it anyway. Yeah, just go. Yeah, a bit of an incident on the way. What the roof looks like a Toblerone. Yeah, yeah. Just do. Yeah, full, full, exactly, full. Like you know, you ha laka makafaka. Would you have a a a stranger who you've just met in the passenger seat 
sitting out, <laughs> sitting on the floor, operating the one windscreen wiper because you're just going to pretend it was raining a bit, just to make it look a bit more WRC with a pointy Could roof. Anyway, BD. I mean that's not a great story. That's like a friend of mine who once came in and went, "Oh, I almost fell over out there." That's not a story. That's like. <laughs> I don't know. We could have put this on the podcast. That well, we not, have, not we quite are. falling over yeah, nearly. So my car almost fell, but didn't fall over. But yeah, it was, a, it was one of these. You know, we have a bit of kind of <gasps> what could have just happened there, and then it, it occupied a considerable mileage of the M4. Me working out what I would have done. And I did have the same thought. I thought a crowd of strangers put me back on my wheels, and then through the smashed driver's window, giving them a cheery wave as I <laughs> <laughs> crab my way down the M4. But it didn't come to that. But it did remind me that I am a fuckwit and I need to remember which car that I'm driving at any given time. You must do. Because in all other respects, a Range Rover feels exactly like a Fiat Panda. Yeah. I just yeah. wasn't concentrating. Yeah. Anyway. Um, do you want me to... Uh, I've got a thought about 4D number plates. <laughs> Apart from the fact that I don't understand what they are because there's not four dimensions. No. I don't think... Um, they're, always, they're off and on... Sporty cars, sports. Yes. They affect the aero, if we're going to be really honest about it. It's true, they probably do. You've taken off a completely flat surface. Yes. And you've changed it with a... It's catching. It's catching. It's catching. Yeah. So it's worse aero, possibly slower. Downforce? Downforce. Downforce number plate. Depends on the letters and numbers, surely. Yeah. If your registration was TT55TTT, you got quite a good surface there. I'm going to buy it. So maybe that's what people are doing. If your number plate is ooh, the air's just slipping off. Not so good, Professor. You've not thought this through. <laughs> Let's ask Gordon Murray. He'd know. He doesn't put 4D plates on his T50s. I don't he? think so. Because actually, T50 would be a sort of mixed bag there if it was on the plate. Heavier. It would be heavier. Yeah, I think he right. automatically registers all his cars 111iii uh, yeah. because it's the narrowest that he can do. But the other thing I've noticed is not just aero, I thought about the damage of cleaning cloths. Well, they snag. It's a cloth snagger. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> Do you star? It's an absolute cloth snagger because. Because. Because the people that have those plates are obviously taking pride in their machines. Yes. Spending money on aftermarket plates. I saw a brand new E-Class on the motorway. Black, so you're assuming private hire. Yeah. That's doing the airport runs. Yeah. 4D plates. Really? Yeah. Why? I, don't I, I know. honestly don't know. I was just like... <laughs> I'll I be just honest, don't know. That new, the latest E-Class in black is quite an elegant-looking car, and I looked at the 4D plates, and I looked at the driver, and I just thought, you fucked that. It looks a little bit worse because of those stupid blades. Did on you it. follow him all the way to Heathrow? Yeah, and then just kicked him in his head. Put a little, put a little <laughs> yes, note. Yes, yeah. he's gone for a four-week holiday. He's not actually a cabbie at all. No, he's gone for a four-week holiday, and you put a little post-it on the. Do you ever think about cars in which it would be good to commit crimes? Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. As in, you know, what, to evade capture. Because if you turned up in yeah. a bright purple Di Tommaso Pantera to turn over a post office, well, everyone would go, it was a bright purple Di Tommaso Pantera. And they'd go, well, now, who in the area owns one of those? Oh, yeah, it's Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I do, but, you know. It's not the basis of Midsummer Murders, that, Whereas is it? if, you know, a, a kind of off-white cash kai, old shape. Well, like the one that left the thing on Like the, the one, yeah, similar to that. That yeah. was white, wasn't it? First gen. But even yeah, so, that is just a car. 
Yep. Did you see how they got away? Yes, it was in a car. Yes. I You'd be fine. We've talked about witness protection cars um, on yeah. previous podcasts. This is perfect, but I think a black recent E-Class, everyone just goes, he's on the way to Heathrow. Yeah. And I go, yes, I am, to do over a gold bullion warehouse. Yes. And that, uh, you'd get away with it, because they just go, well, I think it was one of those... Uh, they, uh, no, Avensis, Silver Avensis. Yeah, but they're getting increasingly rare, aren't they? So it's, it only needs someone like the people in this room to go, I think you'll find it was a post-facelift Avensis. And you go, shit! <laughs> Absolutely but fingered jazz. out. Jazz? A jazz, jazz is good, because they're jazz. everywhere. Red. You don't notice how many... Ja- no, 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 too strident. That okay. jade green, quite good. Jade green jazz. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Jade green jazz. Well, right now, look. Any think... crimes uh, you're looking to do? There was a. I remember. I remember reading a, a, quite a detailed report on um, the favourite cars for drive-by shootings by the Taliban. This was a long time ago now. <laughs> I'm perhaps dating the conversation somewhat. Come for the lavatory anecdotes. Stay for the Taliban stories. <laughs> and, the um, the Opel Vectra. What? This is this is all fact. I'm not making this up. The Opel Vectra was the Taliban's favourite car because it had a much bigger sunroof than the other cars, oh. and you could get a full rocket launcher out of it with a man <laughs> at speed, comfortably, both elbows, do what you needed to get done, back in, classic FM, back on. Yeah. Yeah. I was out in my Vectra last week, I got the rocket launcher out of the sunroof, fired at a school, and then I got back in. When I parked it, someone left a note on the screen, inconsiderate bastard, I yeah. can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, it was that, it was exactly that. But in Arab, possibly in Arabic, I don't know. Yeah. Well, on that Taliban note, we should probably wrap this up. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Or we could say something as a kind of palate cleanser, because that was probably a Well, I was going to end it, but... I was going to end it on... Um, the size of the baguette that I that I, I had the other day. You sent me a picture of that. Yeah, I wrote down here. I wrote classic car auction jumbo baguette, mm. and that's because I was filming a classic car auction. And at lunch, we had to sort of work through lunch because we were running out of time. Mm. And hot day. Lovely people at classic car auctions. The chap said, oh, "I'll get lunch. You guys carry on." What do you want? I just said, oh, well, you know, I'm a vegetarian, but something vegetarian. He goes, yeah, there's a great place down the road that does fantastic baps. Laugh if you want to laugh. <laughs> and I came back, he came back 20 minutes later. The largest baguette I've ever seen. I actually thought it was a baguette for all of us that, he was, <laughs> go- that was going to get cut up and, you know, divvied out by, by, amongst four people, four adults. It was absolutely massive. It was, I'd say it was that long, and the girth of it was unholy. <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> and I had about 10 minutes to eat this before we were going to carry on filming. And I was hungry. And, a, and a few, the videographer that I was with, Matty, he, he joked, he scoffed, and he went, fat chance of eating that. I went, <laughs> <laughs> you just watch me, son. I went, yeah, watch this. And I went behind a, um, an over-finch Range Rover, because that's where we, we, we were sitting next to one. And I ate all of it. What? Yeah. So when you watch that video, it's been out a little <laughs> while now, you might notice that I'm a little slower. And the, 
the, the second half, and the facts don't come as quick. <laughs> I love these. The lot numbers the aren't quite so snappy in that particular <laughs> video because I'm carrying about twelve kilos yes. of baguette. Well, you sent me a picture of you holding the baguette. Yes, it's. I it, thought I, I looked at initially, and I thought you were just holding up your own leg. Like well, that, that. I, it's ridiculous. I, I did a photograph next to my forearm for for any anyone who wanted to compare. Just to get an idea of size, absolutely. I know I haven't got the largest forearm in the world, I know this. But it is a colossally large baguette. But I cleared it. Good. That was the end of that story. Alrighty. But it was, it was linked to a car auction, so it is car-based. It's allowed on this podcast. I, think. I almost rolled over my car today. Yeah. But I didn't. You told me that. I know. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that's uh, time to wrap this up. But before we go, I have uh, three things I would like to tell you. Uh, the first one is that Johnny has a solo YouTube channel uh, in which he likes to place hard bags of unwanted material onto delicate cloth surfaces in the company of the actor Dirk Benedict, the police dog out of Paw Patrol, and a Swedish band who had a number one with all that she wants in the 90s. That's right. It's the place a case of waste on lace with face, chase, and ace of face show. Uh, this week, they're, um, this week uh, they're in Doncaster trying to put a Samsonite full of dog shit onto some anti-macassars. <laughs> well, oof, the keyboard player goes, quick, security is coming. Talking of 18 bands, we have to say, where's Pat? Hey. Where are you, Pat? Pat! Pat! Now, I haven't seen you explain, in ages, Pat. Explain who Pat is. Uh... I was filming for Fifth Gear and we were meeting Dirk Benedict, as you do, face from the A-Team, uh, to compare used S-Class Mercedes with A-Team vans, that real common twin test. And, uh, and Pat had <laughs> was an... It towards a- the end of the series when the I think we were running out of ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pat had Holding an A-Team that. van and Pat met us in central London and we, we, we filmed with Dirk Benedict and after the shoot, it was a really nice day and Dirk was so friendly. He was a sweet, sweet, sweet guy. guy. And he casually said, I don't know if you remember, he invited us round and we were ordering lunch. And he said, oh, um, do, you want, do you want a cigar? And I don't even smoke. I'm not really interested. But it was, it was Dirk Benedict from the A-Team offering me the chubbiest of cigars like that. And I just, <laughs> and I was just, I just kind of went, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put it out? Really? <laughs> so I started smoking this thing, like trying to be cool, and because I'm with a, a face from the A team. Feels like, you know, someone's forcing me to smoke. They weren't forcing me. I just felt like I well, should. It feels like it was a bit of peer pressure. You um, didn't want to say, you had to save face. About an hour later, um, you know, about an hour later, I must have done about a third of it. I was feeling. <laughs> I was right, feeling. You chucked a whitey and had to oh. go home. <laughs> I was feeling as sick as a parrot, but there were too many good stories about, uh, about Hannibal Smith and <laughs> Mr. T. Just, I just didn't know what to do with it once it was lit. It was bloody massive. No, they're a project, aren't they? They're a massive project. Um, yeah, thanks, Pat. Good. It's good to see you, Pat. The second thing I have to say is a huge thank you to everyone for coming out tonight. We realise you have a choice of things to do on a Wednesday evening. Yeah. And we are honoured 
and a little mystified that you've chosen to come here. So thank you ever so much for that. We really do appreciate it. Um, and we want to say a huge thank you to the little car company for hosting and for doing all the organisation that, um, that led to this, in particular to Emily and Elsevier, who did all of this sorting out, which, frankly, we were staggered by. Cause amazing we banners, amazing yeah, cars. The banners from the ceiling and, and all of this stuff that has dressed this room. So uh, yeah. thank you to them. And to Bista for letting and us to come. And to Heritage for letting us come here. And to Lisa, who you may have met, who runs our merchandise store and generally kind of kicks us into shape. And as we've seen during this recording, brings us pints. I know many pints. Unsolicited pints from people. Thank you to the people who bought us pints as well. Yes. Uh, and the third thing uh, I have to tell you is, um, you know, collective nouns, flock of seagulls, <laughs> school of fish, twat of estate agents, all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> the collective noun for ravens is an unkindness. Is that true? Yeah, an unkindness of ravens. Do you know, I pointed at a raven yesterday and I said... <laughs> you vicious bastard. I pointed at a raven yesterday and I said, I like you. <laughs> and do you know why? Why? Because I got woken up by a shitload of pigeons. Oh, and they... And everywhere I looked were pigeons that morning, apart from that one raven. Mm. And as I walked past, I was like, you, you're the one that I like. <laughs> I think I'm going mad. <laughs> I'm a little worried. Should we end the well, podcast? I think it's probably time to end, but thank yeah. you ever so much for coming. Thank you for listening at home. We'll do all this again Yeah, honestly, time. thank you so much for everybody in the room and out the room uh, on, on our ears. And all that. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, just thanks for, just for say support. Goodbye. Just say goodbye. Just thanks. Yeah. yeah. Just say thanks. Goodbye. Bye. Thank bye you bye. and bye. <laughs>